Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I hear you and I've got you. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, registered dietitian, nutritionist, board-certified health and wellness coach, and mindful self-compassion teacher. I'm also an author and podcast host with over 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife. I'm Dr. Ellie in the Midlife Whisperer, and we've got a great show for you. It's all about loving life at 50 plus. So get ready to hit reset and discover how to live life to the fullest, because on today's show, I'm talking with chef, yogi, and writer Maria Sabando about her new book, Loving Life at 50 Plus. It's really a fun read, especially with summer being here. We'll be diving deep, discussing everything from how to get off the diet roller coaster and still look and feel amazing to how to tap into your talents, find meaning and purpose, and make your dreams a reality. Plus, Maria will be sharing some of her favorite recipes, and she's got some mocktails and cocktails. So it's going to be a fun, high-energy show. Hey, and if you are enjoying this show, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think about the show, the kind of guests you want to hear, and you can always reach out out to me at themidlifewhisperer.com. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. I've got a free gift for you, which is my 10 tips to rock your midlife. So before we get into our juicy conversation, um, I want to talk a little bit about today. If you are listening in June, today is June 21st. It is the summer solstice, which officially hit a couple of hours ago. The solstice is the time, whether you are in the Northern Hemisphere or the Southern Hemisphere, when the sun literally stand still before changing directions. And it's kind of a really powerful time to review and reflect. So I want to give you some tips so that you can make the most of this energy. Um, it really lasts for a couple of days. You can always do these exercises, you know, in cancer season and in the summer. So you might want to grab a piece of paper and pencil so that you can write some of these things down. I know that uh, Maria is going to have some great tips too. So first of all, it's a great time to review and reflect. It's a great time if you, you know, journal, you keep a diary. I know I kind of keep an astrological diary of like what, what, intentions I've been setting. So it's a good time to look back and review and see like, what were my intentions? Did I set some resolutions? What's working for me? What's not working for you, for me? And really, you know, do a little bit of an edit. Think about, gosh, what do I want the summer to look like? I know I love summer. I'm like a little kid at heart. I've got a Leo rising. So summer is my favorite season. But what do you want to do this summer, right? Tap into that sort of little kid, school's out for summer energy. Let go of all of those BS stories around, I don't feel comfortable in a bathing suit. We talked all about that last week. If you want to tap into that show, I had... Um, Kat Nepolitano on, and we were talking all about loving the body you're in. So think about what are my intentions for the rest of the year, for the summer? And then it's a really good time after you review, you reflect, you set some intentions, visualize what you would like your life to look like. I will say that again. What do you want your life to look like? Visualization is so powerful. It is the key to manifesting your dream life. I know it's worked for me, everything from manifesting a beautiful man and property here in North Hero, Vermont. I live on the Champlain Islands. And then um, in the winter, I'm off to Costa Rica and I am just having such a blast at 50 plus. But I visualized kind of the way I wanted my life to look and feel 
um, before I sort of manifested all of this, I was doing a lot of visualization for me around dance, around this joyfulness that to me, dance is kind of a metaphor for that. So do some visualization, really tap into all your senses. What does your future self look like? What does she sound like? What does she feel like? What is she tasting, smelling, connecting with, touching? And then really after you use all of your senses, that's like laying the blueprint for what you want to do. So you might see yourself, you know, hiking the Grand Canyon or camping or kayaking or, you know, doing, I don't know, skydiving, traveling, whatever that thing is, meeting the love of your life, whatever that thing is that you really want to do. And then what you want to do, and this is so important, after you visualize, you've got to tap into the emotional experience of what it's going to feel like when you have it as if it's already happening. I'll say that again, got to tap into that emotional experience. For me, I think I manifested all of these wonderful things in my life. Once I let go of a lot of my fears, tapped more into what I would love to do, I started thinking about like joy. And this has been a year for me where I've really been all about more joy, less oi, right? Oi is a Yiddish word where you don't want <laughs> less of those bad things in your life. Yeah. Yeah. more of that high vibe, positive energy. And I know I'm just feeling more of that. It's for me, it's really life and death because uh, if you've been following me, you know, I was diagnosed with breast cancer uh, April of 2022. And I know if I'm super high vibe, if I am tapping into love, if I am joyful, if I'm connecting with the truth of who I am, being authentic, there's no space in my cells for anything other than wellness and being a well-being. So um, feel that emotion. Energy emotions are really energy in motion. So your your visualization using your senses is like the blueprint. And then the emotional piece is really what's going to set it on fire. It is what is going to energize that dream that you have. So you've got to connect with that emotion that you want. Um, it's also a great time if you're celebrating the solstice or summer. It's a great time to hike, get outside in nature. It's a great time to go gardening. I always connect with uh, the earth. I love taking my shoes off and, you know, walking on the beach, walking um, on our property on the earth. Good way to ground your energy and just be super high vibe and feel awesome. Going to the beach is awesome. Again, wear that bathing suit, immerse yourself in that salt water. Um, do some sun salutations. We're talking a little bit about yoga today, but I think on the solstice, I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for 108. This is this tradition that uh, yogis do where they do 108 sun salutations on the solstice. So after the show, I've got to get started on that because that's going to that's gonna take a while. Um, so do some sun salutations if you're a yogi and then just banish that friggin' negative energy. You know, I think one of the joys of midlife is getting a handle on what do I love? What lights me up? What do I want more of? What do I want less of? Those negative people in your life, right? Those negative thoughts that you have. Really, um, we create our reality by our thoughts. And midlife is the time, if you don't have it already, to work on that positive mindset. And I know today's show is really going to help you to develop that mindset. You know, and it's cancer season. So it's about taking a mature approach to your emotions. It's not about banishing the difficult emotions. You know, all of us have times when we're sad, when we grieve, when we're feeling low. When you have those times in your life, you give yourself self-compassion. Treat yourself like a good friend. You ask, 
if I had a friend going through this, what would I say to her? What would I tell her to do? I would make her a great mocktail, right? I would make her supper. I would tell her to do some yoga, take a walk, you know, take herself out on a date. So it's really about, you know, this cancer season, the crab, it's the first water sign. It's about tapping into your emotions, tapping into your heart, your intuition. And your heart is really where you ask yourself, what do I really want? You know, I think midlife, the, the power of it is we start to realize that perhaps there is less time in front of us and behind us. We're running out of time and our soul's like, hello, wake up. It's time to rock it. And I'm telling you, you can. And I know Maria's going to share the way that she's rocking it. It's all different for all of us, but I'm having the time of my life. I'm really kind of feel like I'm I'm turning the clock back. My, my goal is to kind of age backwards to 50. And then when I get to be 70, I'll really be 60. So I'm kind of playing with time and aging. So what do you want? Let me know. Go to the midlifewhisperer.com and, and uh, shoot me a comment. Or if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, put in the box, what do you want? What do you really want? Don't worry about the how. I have a whole list of things that I want and I have no idea how I'm going to get there. But I see myself doing all of these things. Um, and the how is up to the universe to figure out. But if you have that idea, this thing I really want to do in my life, there's a reason for it. And it's it's time to go for it. I have a friend and I talked to her. I'm trying to get her to change her mindset, you know, because she's absolutely gorgeous. She's, you know, a yogi. She's spiritual. She's beautiful. But she's feeling like I'm so sad that I never had a life partner that I never had kids. And I'm like, honey, you're, it's not too late. You can find that amazing man. I find my, found my Kenny at 57, you know, and we are incredibly happy. And I inherited with Kenny three new sons. So now I've got my own two kids and three more kids and no yeah. grandkids yet. If you guys are listening, come on, somebody get busy. because I'm, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for that grandma. I was, I was um, following this woman, uh, grand, I think it's, it's grandparents superpowers who I love. And it was, um, it was, uh, I have to remember, I have to remember the name of the, the names. I'm thinking about those grandma names, but yeah, it's not too late. You can have the love of your life. And perhaps the love of your life will come with kids. So don't put those ideas in your head because um, ideas are so incredibly powerful. So tap into your heart, what it is you really want. Is that what you want? Really part of that vision that I mentioned earlier. Also tapping into who is in your circle? Who do you trust? Who do you love being with? And also it's a really powerful season, this cancer season, so important to do the self-care and summer's a great time to do that. I've been uh, yesterday, I have this new ritual I'm doing where I'm rubbing Epsom salts on myself in the shower, which I love to kind of banish negative energy and give my skin a little bit of a glow. And then I, I followed it up with, uh, with a coconut oil, which is great for your skin. So develop some new self-care rituals, give yourself permission, you know, to read a good book, to sit in a hammock, you know, to meditate with that candle, to try something new. I went last week, I um, I went to knitting club um, and I, I knitted, it took me like two hours. I think I knitted like an inch, but it was fun. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'll ever like get to a sweater. Maybe a scarf is my next step, but you know, try something new, take care of your emotions, listen to your intuition and Get a piece of paper because I know that Maria is going to have a ton of ideas for you too. She is a woman who is definitely rocking her midlife. She is Marie Sabando. She is part chef, part yoga aficionado. Her latest project is the book, Loving Life at 50 Plus. 
embrace aging through humor and wellness. And it is her first published book. And she lives in New Jersey. My man is from Jersey. He's from, I think, Wayne um, with her husband and two daughters. I think he, she's got a Yorkie too. Um, and she's got a lot of passions and writing is her favorite. She's going to tell us more about it. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife, Maria. So thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much, Alan, for having me. It's such an honor to be on your show. I mean, you already have inspired me so much just from your, your speech and your speaking. You're contagious. Your energy <laughs> and your inspiration are totally contagious. As far as, yeah, summer goes, I am on the same wavelength as you. So I love to relax. Summer's my favorite time. I love total beach, total beach bum. But I still think by the same token, we got to keep some goals in mind for the summer because we got to get a little structure in there. So I, as you know, I wrote the book, but I'm not just ending there. I'm still continuing on my journey. Writing the book was uh, quite a thrill for me. It was very exciting. It, it was it was something I had to do on my own. So I had to find a lot of willpower to do it because it wasn't that you're your own boss when you're writing. So that was, that was kind of, you know, that was an adjustment. I had to, I had to structure myself to work at home and working at home sometimes is, is, is difficult. I don't know how a lot of people are. Sometimes they prefer it. Some like to work out the side of the home. Anyway, point being, I wrote this book because I felt compelled to write it. So here it is. I feel that in general, what, how, how women should define themselves after 50 or at any age for that matter, shouldn't be an image. Um, we are more than an image. We are able to rediscover ourselves and in different facets that have nothing to do with um, labels that society puts on us, or for instance, uh, being the perfect, the perfect um, model size, there are images everywhere um, and labels and sometimes images can get very dangerous. So I, when I wrote this, it was, it started off as a, a harmless cookbook, <laughs> but as I got through it, it, it emerged to start to talk about relationships in my life. So it, it's cooking and yoga are metaphors for things I do. So the hobby of cooking, the balance of the yoga, these are things that you that anchor onto your life that you are going to create a, a a type of life where you're learning your inner talents you may it may take you you may not take know, know your talents until you're 60. you always had them you just know didn't know you had them because you didn't have the love and support in your life to discover them and do them so through this this cooking and the self-care and the balance i found a great deal of happiness and i thought can i pass it on in a book form and I did. And it's it's fun because so much of what we do is eating, but we gotta be careful because eating, it's it's wonderful and can't live without it. <laughs> can't live without water, can't live without eating, but you have to keep in perspective. You have to eat healthy, but by the same token, don't, don't limit yourself too much. You have to have fun with food, but you have to eat healthy also. So I believe in a healthy diet. I believe in a lot of water, exercise, uh, my favorite exercise is water aerobics, yoga, walking, I walk anywhere. I like to hike, I like treadmill. Um, but also I feel that in the same vein or maybe not in the same vein, we should take care of our skin, moisturize a lot. And if that includes a makeup routine too, that is not a sin either. So we're talking about 
you probably wonder, are we talking about inner health or outside health? Everything. It's, it's together. It's everything together. Yeah. I love what you said too, about, you know, first of all, I think that we're the facet idea, right? This, now this idea that we're all individual. I think, you know, we're, we grow up and our culture and the media certainly says like, this is what you have to do to be acceptable. I know for me, it was like a very narrow couple of choices of what I could do for a living. And the way that we're supposed to look, we're supposed to be thin, we're supposed to be young. Um, and, and if we're not those things, then we're not okay. But what's so exciting right now is that midlife women are like, look at, no, I'm not doing that anymore. And I think the cool thing is that what's happening with media is that anybody can write a book, anybody can have an Instagram channel. And, you know, there are these ordinary women with like a hundred thousand followers who are like killing it, you know, they're rocking it, they're killing it. And I love that most of them have this message of whatever works for you. Like, I'm not a big fan of makeup. Like right now I've got a sunscreen and mascara and a little eyebrow gel and some um, lip gloss and that's it. That's all, you know, I like to do. But if you're a woman who like, you know, really loves makeup, if you want to color your hair, whatever it is, but I think getting away from this idea that I'm doing it to look like my 26 year old self and beating yourself up because you don't look that way. And instead to say, wait a minute, I'm beautiful now. Like I feel sexier and more beautiful than at any other time in my life. It's really crazy, but you know, we can change our body image. We can change who and what we see in the mirror, you know, to look in the mirror with soft eyes of compassion and say, I love you. You're doing a great job. So it takes a lot of courage to write a book like this, right? How did you find the courage yeah, and the heart to, to do it? It was very scary because it's almost a journal format. And I don't know anyone who's journaled, I don't know about you, but journaling is very scary. It's very intimidating. And the, the the better you are at it, the worse it is because you come into those 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 feelings that you didn't know you had. So you have to, and you have to dig deep. And to write a book to to make people understand what you're saying, you have to dig deep too. And I'm not just talking about writer's block. I'm talking about when you get to a point, you're like, do I want to share this? Do I want to keep it to myself? And do I want to even know it? So yeah, in one sense, um, the book is about me doing a project that would help me come in touch with my feelings. So that's one aspect of it. Um, and this leads to, I touched briefly in the book about relationships and what a healthy relationship looks like for me, um, based on my experience. I, I've been married to my husband, my wonderful husband for 25 years, two beautiful daughters. And I, I'm, I'm just over, overwhelmed with love for my family. And I feel that it's, it's such a blessing. I thank God every day, but by the same token, it's not without a little bit of work. It's not just blessed, it's work. So my underlying principle, it's, it's very simple and uh, I'll try a bit cliche, but let your feelings be known. Get it out there, lay it on the line. Don't, uh, if you're in a relationship, don't, um, don't suppress those feelings, but present it in such a way that's respectful of yourself and the other person, uh, right? Easier said than done, right? So that is a good, a good uh, landing point. That's how I try to guide my relationships because like, I love you to death, but sometimes um, here's, here's what you're not hearing from me. And it usually works out pretty well when you uh, attempt it with honesty and an open heart. And that's so far that's working for me. And I think I'm very thankful for that. Um, yeah, that's I a great, great point. Was, you've got to, yeah. you've got to communicate. And I think that um, the interesting thing that happens so much at midlife is that 
we start to change, we start to become that butterfly. And then the people in our life, a lot of them still think we're the caterpillar because we see things as we are, not as they are. So you're like, I'm the butterfly. Can't you see? I just wrote a book. You know, I want to hike the Grand Canyon. I'm doing all these things. And they're like, no, no, you're eating leaves. You're the caterpillar. So we really need to learn how to advocate for ourselves, how to get our needs met, how to use things like nonviolent communication. And also, you know, how to jettison relationships. I know when I got divorced, so I was married for 25 years and got divorced. I lost all my friends in the divorce. I walked away from the marriage. My Most of the friends, pretty much everybody sided with my ex-husband. Um, but I have lots of new friends and they're much more in resonance with who I am because so much of that period of my life, I was really wearing a mask. I was trying to please other people, bending myself into a pretzel to please everybody. And I think we get to this place in midlife where we're like, wait a minute, I'm done with pleasing everybody. You know, I'm empty nest now. I'm done with running around trying to make everybody happy. I want to make me happy. And that I actually makes people happy too, right? I agree wholeheartedly. I know. Sometimes you just have to realize that you're evolving uh, and you want to keep growing and learning. And just because you know, you reach age, whatever, doesn't mean you're not going to take a class or you're not going to get some type of new occupation or new career shift or new volunteer position. It's not as though I, this is it. This is it. I'm settled. Now, um, for me, uh, the, the empty nest thing, both daughters in college was, I don't want to say, I mean, I don't want to say it was simply, oh, wow, it's an awesome opportunity for me because it wasn't viewed like that initially at first. I, I miss them very much. And my main role in life was now completely gone. Um, so it wasn't, it was an easy road and writing the book. It wasn't like, okay, they just left goodbye today. I start the book. It wasn't that it kind of just like, just came about like something I was thinking about while they were growing up. And then I set the time for, I have time to do it now. It's a time factor. It's also, I have these emotions that, uh, of missing them that I got to do something with. And this really puts it all together. It's a nice, it's a nice way to um, deal with those feelings. It's a nice way to uh, put some, put some um, goals in your life. So I'm not going to just, now the book is done and I'm not just going to, well, that's it. Like, see, I'm going to go on vacation for the rest of my life. I'm going to retire, travel. I mean, I, I look forward to my husband and I travel a lot. He still works a lot. But we travel and we're going to keep traveling and traveling. But I think I need to anchor onto something deep. So after this, I there are two other books in the works, which got our main secret right now. I can't <laughs> reveal them. Yeah, there are two books. Why two at the same? Why two simultaneously? One's a fiction, one's a nonfiction. And I didn't know I had both sides of the brain developed that way. But here it goes. I, I can't help it. I don't. I don't choose to write. I'm forced to write. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's what I do. And I, I spend a couple hours on that each day and I don't do, I don't write the whole thing in one day. I can't, it's so much, it hits me with so much that I just like, I need to take a breath because it was just, it took everything out of me. That book took everything out of me. That took everything out of me. I'm also um, to, to try to get on the business end of things while I'm creating, because you know, it's not in a, it's not, not compensation right away for these things. I'm trying to get in the it takes business. a while. Yeah. I've always had um, business aspirations for different things. I'm working on a, uh, a business that's in, in the works. I'm, I'm hesitant to even talk about it, but it will, it will be revealed. 
Uh, it's going to be a, a uh, craft slash bridal boutique type situation, bridal baskets and bridal meads, uh, including um, getting that right, correct physique that you want when you're a bride. Because sometimes I think they panic and, you know, I have, I have a background in cosmetics, so maybe it doesn't give me, just that doesn't give me a right to, to think I could do this, but I'm going to try. I mean, I've, something I always wanted to do, you know, it's just like you said, your vision, your vision. So sometimes the dream of doing it um, is what propels you. And it's like you said, you have to see yourself. So if you believe in it, you can achieve it. If you believe in it, then you're going to want to put the hours in and work hard to achieve it. So if you believe you could achieve it, so what it really is, if you believe you could do it, then you're going to say, I'm not wasting time. These hours that I'm putting in are going to lead to something. But if you feel like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll be successful. Who knows? Are you really going to want to like put your nose to the grindstone and like work really hard at this? It's not, it's, it's not, it's not going to be um, a cathartic thing. Like, like yoga or journaling. It's, um, it's more of a process. It's going to be, be an art and a craft, but it's going to be a work. It's going to be a regular working process. And once again, I'm my own boss. <laughs> so you got to have that discipline. Yeah. I love what you're saying. If you're listening, you know, it is about first having that vision and that dream, like what Maria is saying, like you knew that you had to write a book. It was just like, I have to write this book. I've got to get these emotions out. I've been thinking about stuff. So you're, you know, you have this thing you've been thinking about a long time, whether that is opening up a bakery and selling cupcakes or getting an Etsy shop where you sell crocheted earrings or, yeah. you know, doing some volunteering, whatever it is. And you talk a lot about in the, in the book about, you know, that thing that you've been thinking about doing to try something new. So I know a lot of people feel really stuck at midlife. So what advice would you have for a woman who's like, I'm really stuck. I've lost my motivation. I'm feeling really sad. Like I hear a lot of women who are feeling like my marriage is kind of, I'm not rocking it in my marriage. The kids are gone. My job's so, so I'm just not feeling very zesty about my life, but I, I want to get my midlife mojo back. What advice would you give right. a woman? And what, what kind of advice do you give in the book about that? Okay, I said, you're not stuck. You're not stuck. You think you're stuck, you're not. Because I know you feel, you feel um, in, in, in inventive. You don't feel powerful. You don't feel like uh, you're empowered at all. And it, it doesn't have to come from making tons of money or um, having a wild, passionate relationship. Those things are great. But you got to work on yourself like one day at a time. So find your passion because you got it and you got to just work on it. Find out what it is that you love to do and work on it. You made it this far, right? You're, you're surviving, you're alive. Focus on what your qualities are. You got here, right? So focus on those qualities and mastering those qualities. And I have to say, um, it does come from within because if you are, if you're feeling that you're not, you're not, um, able to provide love for other people, it's difficult. I admit that. Okay. You have to, you have to give love, get love from other people, self-support and love. That is first and foremost. Unfortunately, life being what it is, it, it's easier said than done. If you're feeling you have nothing to give, you have to open your heart because you have a lot to give. And those, they will, you send that out into the universe and you, they will get it back. I am fortunate. I have, I have such a loving family and I'm, I'm very blessed. Um, who knows if I would have been able 
you know, to get out of bed in the morning. And because we all go through things, everyone goes through something. I actually, um, I actually wrote the book to tell me that, to tell women that you don't have to be perfect. That's number one. The, the yoga and the balance is like a metaphor for not being perfect. It's balance. Um, and it's well, yoga is about every day. You're... You got to balance it out. The yoga, yeah, you're in your meditation. You know, yoga yoga you are you know you have to you're on the mat every single day is different you know some days you can do all of these poses and then other days maybe you didn't sleep so well you're struggling with menopause but it's about being in the body that you're in without judgment i think that's a lot of what the book's about is this, this idea of balance this idea where you know you can have a you can have a ice cream sundae and you take in your walk and so how right. do you tell right. us a little yeah, bit so about how you stay healthy what you yeah, do to stay so balanced. If you're gonna if you're gonna eat uh, a larger amount of portions that day, you exercise some more. But for me, I feel like I'd rather um eat large portions of healthy food. You'll find a lot of mixed stuff in the book. Like you know, there, there's like there's like a lot of salads, but then there's salmon chowder, and then there's a whole thing on desserts. So he's like, why do you have desserts in a book if you're trying to be healthy? I believe in moderation. I believe um a taste of honey is better than none at all. Okay, so you know, I, I, I think you have to have a little bit to satisfy yourself. So you have to have all the food groups. I, I am not um, a vegan or vegetarian. I eat everything, but I have a lot of vegetables. I love fish. I drink a lot of water and I don't give up carbs. I don't give up any food groups. You'll see in the, uh, the book, I have Italian backgrounds, a lot of Italian recipes, which I'm fascinated by and I love, but it's not restricted to that because I had to stick that in there because the Italians with the food, it's all love. It's all, it's all connected. It had to be in there. Well, I think um, every ethnicity loves yeah, their food. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. all do. It's kind of yeah. like, we all have our different ethnicities. What's your favorite recipe in the book? Oh my gosh. My favorite recipe in the book. I would have to be um, the, uh, I believe it or not, it's the pastas with the meat sauce because it gathered us all around the table on a Sunday. And I tell you something, that's Sunday gravy for the Italians. You know, if you if you grew up Italian, this does this requires no explanation. It was always the Sundays, and it's just, life being what it is, we couldn't always stick to that. Eating the early Sunday dinner and with the salad, and it always had to be, and I talk about this in the book, it always had to be romaine with olive oil extra virgin olive oil, balsamic vinegar, salt, and maybe some garlic peppers and salt, my sister's recipe, always had to be um, that salad. And it would have to be romaine arugula. Like if if we brought, I think my mother would be shocked if I brought some iceberg into the, into the salad because she's so healthy, you know? God bless us. She, she looks great. You can't believe how great she looks at, at her age in 81. Uh, we look more like sisters than mother-daughter. She just... We keep the Italian traditions alive, but keep them in perspective. Keep that healthiness going on. I even have, um, it's not a non-alcoholic book. There's some like Easter, there's a sherbet punch. And I like to keep it fun. And we like to celebrate a lot. In case you haven't noticed, I like to celebrate life and cooking and catering and food. So we keep it on the downside because you're not going to eat like that every day. You're not going to have your, um, your cupcakes and your pasta every day, but you're not going to give it up forever. Uh, now, I I think when I talk about in my, in my next book, I might touch on this, the battle with the scale. It is such a touchy subject. It doesn't have to be. Um, I've learned to modify 
what needs to be done and numbers numbers could be a terrible thing sometimes <laughs> you know whether in well i tell people don't i mean honestly don't the, get on don't i mean i think i agree with you i mean i've been a dietitian for 30 years so i you know i've changed my perspective for myself and for my clients and i always think about weight as an outcome, but not the goal, because the because we don't have control over it. We think we're taught with these cockamamie diets that you know if you follow this diet and you do this crazy exercise regime, you'll get down to a size whatever. But that's like you know telling a you know Great Dane to diet down to a Chihuahua. I mean, there's genetics in here, <laughs> and your oh, life. Yeah, if you you know if you get to be underweight you're going to be hungry all the time. Oh. And the other issue is it's not healthy at midlife. We need after 50. So, you know, you're talking about loving life at 50 plus after 50, we need 50% more protein. If you don't get enough calories, if you don't get enough protein, your body's going to digest your muscle mass. And it's so important. I think you touched on this in the book of strength training that we need to do strength training. We lose after 50 something on average. I was, I was amazed to read. It's like 3% of our muscle mass every single year. So it's important to have this balance, right? To have your cupcakes, but then also to, you know, have your pasta, have your cupcakes, but, you know, have your cottage cheese, your chicken breast, your tofu, your protein, do the strength training and do the exercise and let that dieting BS go. Your body will naturally come to the healthy place. Life is just too short to beat yourself Absolutely. up. Ellen, and the fact that you, that you are a dietitian, people need to know, especially women need to know about nutrition. I don't think it's enough is written about it. It's enough is not explored about why we're not getting enough protein. People need to know this. Women need to know this. It's not something that it, a lot of it's discussed in uh, literature like magazines. And when they do it, it's, it's advertising bent. So they're not going to come. There may be uh, some advertising for their product. It's not going to give you the full story. So much is unknown for most of the population and then they reach for the fad diets and this is not balanced like i said what balance the fad diets is exactly what you said you're not getting enough protein don't cut out the carbs i know a lot of uh there's a quick quickie thing for no carbs it's a fallacy because anytime you it's unnatural to cut out a food group and your body fights back and getting back well, to your brain runs on carbs. I mean, your, your body carbs are your glucose. It's glucose is your chief fuel. So yeah, it's important to, to get carbohydrate, protein and fat, particularly the healthy fat. So it is, I love that you're, you emphasize that in the book, but having fun too, but I'm really curious, how did you get on the yogic path? How did you start yoga? Uh, yeah. yoga? Yeah. How long and ago did you start and, you and why what? did you start? I, I, I don't teach it professionally, but I have such a passion for it. I did actually um, at one point consider teaching children's yoga. I got certified for children's yoga, decided I didn't want to go that path, uh, which is when I, I worked briefly in that, that was wonderful. But I decided that I wanted to um, explore other areas, but keep yoga in my life as a personal way to keep me healthy. Uh, I, I have spirituality from my religion, but I tell you something, Yoga, the way you connect the mind and the body when you're on that mat is like nothing else. The first five minutes is so difficult for me to unwind. But the, the instructors, if you're a great instructor, I do. She helps you in the first five minutes to come down from civilization, hustle, bustle, suburbia to freaking nirvana. And she gets me there in five minutes. And then you get higher and higher and you get there and you stay, you stay at this high level of spirituality nirvana while you're there 
and I know it's it's unearthly because otherwise, how could I move in these positions when I look at people doing? It, I said I can never do that. Now I could do it. I could do I could do a lunge. I could do a downward dog. I could get into it for an hour, and it's almost like a hypnotic effect because the body and the hot the heat the hot yoga room warms up your muscles to get into such a way that you want to go in that position, and you follow her. And there's some tough times. So I focus on the breathing. I talk about the meditation, breathing in the book too. Meditation is a total, total utter keeper. The breathing. So when I get into a tight spot in yoga, um, you know, I don't, I don't stop completely. I just talk to myself and say, breathe. And they'll tell you to breathe, obviously. So I say, breathe in and out. I try, I try to do it to four and that I could breathe away a lot. So even when I leave the yoga room, I breathe away a lot of problems. Like when some invariably, and I, I suggest you try this if you're nervous, if you're stressed before um, speaking negatively or, or saying something you're going to regret, try the meditation, try the breathing. Uh, you know, it may look a little crazy at first, but four, one, two, three, four. And something about the, the cathartic process of breathing lets you know you're alive, lets you know that ultimately life is good. If it's not good right now, it's going to be okay. The yoga, I, I do it only partially for physical aesthetics. I do it for mental, mental, physical fitness. There's nothing that keeps me, gets me that peaceful feeling. The challenge is taking that, the, the feeling you get when you leave the mat immediately and keeping that with you for the rest of the week. I try to do it two or three times a week. Um, I, I exercise can also have an effect on you with the endorphins and stuff. It has effect on me, uh, but I don't think it has the uh, meditative effect that yoga does. And I, I, I don't know when I started. I started for, it became trendy, I guess, in the, in the uh, I don't know, the 80s or not, more like the 90s. And I was just, doing yoga in the 70s with my mother in a leotard. Oh, the real start so, of yeah, the, yoga. A, well, I, was, I grew up uh, doing modern dance, Martha Graham, and so there's a lot of yoga oh, in there. And then... Oh, yeah. um, you know, we would have a, we had a, you know, a woman who went to India who had a guru and then we, we just practiced oh in somebody's living gosh, room. And so, yeah, it's a great thing. But I think that like the, the point isn't so much to be this perfect yoga or this bendy Wendy, but to really be in the body that you have, it's a great way to connect with your body it can really help with body image. And then when you're off the mat, as you said, you're being more mindful. You're being aware of what's going on in the moment. I mean, we meditate not to be good meditators and we do yoga not to be good yogis, but so that it carries into our daily life so that we can have more balance so that we can notice like, oh, that thought came up on the yoga mat. That thought came up again. I don't like that thought isn't serving me anymore. I can reach for something better, but it's learning to be present with what is. So it is, it's powerful. I love that you incorporated that. It's very, very, very clever. Yeah. So a couple more questions before we, um, before we finish uh, our lovely chat today. Um, how do you find your personal best? I think that's a big piece of the book of, you know, really showing, you know, and you've talked about that yourself of staying motivated, staying sharp, trying new things. Well, how does someone yeah. listening say, how do you find your personal best? I, I, this is the reason what I was going to say before. Um, you realize that you don't have to be perfectly right. You don't have to be perfectly perfect. You are not, you are not going to be always perfect. That's, I think, I think that when, that's what makes us great is when we realize that we're not perfect. That's the best part. So I, I feel like 
yoga, yoga is a total metaphor for this. And it's hard to, to put this in words. That's why I explained it as a yoga. If you, if you um, are competitive with everyone else, I mean, it's a comp competition can be a nice thing, but if you look at yourself through other people's eyes, that's probably the worst thing you can do. If you find yourself doing that, it's coming from a negative place. And you, you even know when it's wrong and you know you shouldn't be doing it. So your personal best would be like how you challenge yourself, how you, how you have your own, your own self-worth, your own values, your own goals. And don't worry about what other people think about you. I mean, I love the four agreements. And one of them is, you know, do your best. Another one is don't worry about what other people think because they're actually not thinking about you. I and mean, that goes back to sort of what I talked about last week with Kat about nobody cares what you look like in your bathing suit. They just want you to have fun. They want you to be there with them, right. enjoying right. it. So do your best, be in, you know, in competition with yourself. And midlife is the time to, you know, keep, challenging yourself. I mean, I just visited my um, 91 and 92 year old parents and they're like, my oh, mom is still bless. like reading. They're walking, they're reading, yes. they're doing things. They're slowing down, but you know, they really are challenging themselves and they're such amazing uh, role models. So last question is let's talk about bucket lists. Cause I love this idea of having a bucket list. I have a bucket list. I've, I've done a bunch of the things on my bucket list. I still have a bunch more. Some of them are super easy. Like this summer, I'm going to, I'm going to do, do karaoke. I've been like wanting to go to karaoke bar. Um, my man and I want to like take our tandem. We have a bicycle built for two. We want to ride it into Burlington, so stay in cool. a hotel and come back to our little Island. Um, still have a lot of traveling to do. Want to do a, a TEDx talk and a couple more books, but why is a bucket list so powerful and what's on yours? Okay. Wow. That is a loaded question. I have to tell you, I have a list of things, a bucket list, but it's always changing. So I, we, we've traveled extensively, my family, my husband and I, and the kids, and uh, that's the thing I love to do the most, but we never did the Grand Canyon. Okay. That is there. And I said to my husband, I said to Otto, I said, you know, we got to do that because pretty soon, there's no way we're going to be able to do that anymore. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one place we have to go. Uh, I want to get an RV and drive down south or drive down right across country. That uh, That is kind of a reach because I got to talk my husband into that. And he's he doesn't think I, I have it in me. I don't know if I do. I've never been the camping type. Uh, I've never been the RV type. I've never been in one. But something about, uh, I like road trips. Of course, he's doing all the driving, but I enjoy road trips. I think road trips are fascinating because the people you meet, the diners you go through, the, the scenery you go through, farmland, I just, I, I love that. And you get in the culture of the whole country. I, of course, I have the usual bucket list. I want to go to Ireland, Scotland, and all that stuff. But to know the country in a way that you wouldn't know if you just flew there to the road trip, amazing. And I'm, I'm not a camper. Um, I don't think I'll ever be, but I, I think the Grand Canyon, you know, go, you know, ride, I would love to ride a horse and, you know, Costa Rica is on the list, by the way. I was like, wait, you look me up. I want <laughs> to ride a, a horse on the beach in Costa Rica. Then I want to, um, I want to open up a business uh, that will give me great dear pleasure, probably a, a B and B. This is, this is a, a real dream, like a better uh, do the B&B in Costa Rica. Oh, the best of both worlds. And finally, I want to get I have I have one tattoo, right? And I want to get a whole bunch of other ones. That is that. 
yeah and you know what something is totally holding me back from that i don't know what it is is that interesting that is, that is interesting. still going on yeah. my journey's still going on that yeah. is so awesome that is absolutely inspiring if you're listening What's on your bucket list? Go to my website, themidlifewhisperer.com. I'll reach out to me in social on The Midlife Whisperer. I would love to know what is on your bucket list. I think it's so cool that we, at any age, you know, 50 plus, we can still have aspirations kind of brought up full circle where we started of just saying, if you're listening, gosh, go for that thing. I know for me, a big aha moment was one of my dearest friends um, passed. She was three weeks older than me. I think I was in my, I was about 53 and she passed and she was such a beautiful woman. She died of cancer. And I was, it just woke me up, you know, and in breast cancer, same thing for me, waking me up of just like, my goodness, I have so much more that I want to do. You have so much more that you want to do. And I encourage you read Maria's book. It will inspire you. It is loving life at 50 plus. You can grab my book, which is rock your midlife. You can listen to some of the other podcasts where I interview inspiring women. If you are struggling, go to my website, themidlifewhisperer.com, hit the contact box, reach out. Let me know what's going on. I have coached thousands of midlife women. I would be happy to support you. We've got a new great community, the rock your midlife community, where you can get group coaching, you can get uh, meetings and we're all inspiring each other. I think that's the big key here is follow women like Maria, you know, follow I, Maria, I've got I'll have to give you the names of a couple of people who are doing the, the, the road trip thing where they're, they sold their house. They're living. I had this one woman who's living in a bus, a, a school bus that she's redone. And this other woman I had on my show, Michelle Fishburne, who's living in her RV. She got divorced didn't have a house, living in her RV, go to the RV show. It's in um, Pennsylvania in September. I went with uh, oh, my wow. man, Kenny. We were thinking about it, but we decided to buy a house in Costa Rica. That was our thing. But I think when I, when <laughs> my kids have kids, That's I think awesome. we're going to do that. I think we're eventually going to, you know, do a little bit of a uh, road trip. And so, so much so fun. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on. Thank Part you so much for having me. This was such a delight. And so any, great. So any awesome. parting words for a woman? How do, what would you tell a woman rock about it, how to rock, rock your midlife? You are, you are young. You are not old. Rock it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. The, future, uh, the future, as Alan has exhibited, is just so bright. There's so much to grab onto. Don't sink back. You know, move forward. You got. You still got a lot of energy. You got a lot of energy. We're women. We, we are survivors and we're empowered. So move forward. Move forward. Just do Absolutely. Because when you shine, you give everybody else permission to do the same. Thank you all so much for Thank listening so again. Much. Leave me a review. Let me know what you think about the show. I would love to hear for you, from you and enfold you into the Rock Your Midlife community. So thanks again. And I will catch you next week. Bye for now. Much. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I hear you and I've got you. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, registered dietitian, nutritionist, board-certified health and wellness coach, and mindful self-compassion teacher. I'm also an author and podcast host with over 30 years of experience empowering midlife women.